Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. In fact, we're finishing the book of Matthew today. This is episode 862, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Let's read the passage. The eleven disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew's written this Gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah. We're at the end of it. This is the final paragraph of Matthew's Gospel. We had the crucifixion, the death of Jesus, followed by the burial of Jesus. Then Sunday morning, the angel appears, the guards faint, and the angel rolls away the stone. The women arrive, the angel tells them that he is risen, and says, go tell the disciples to go to Galilee to meet him. Then Jesus appears to the women and tells them to go tell the disciples to go to Galilee to meet him. So now we pick it up in chapter 28, verse 16. The eleven disciples travel to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. Well, there's only eleven disciples now because we've lost Judas. But all the others seem to have remained together in a group. Even after this scattering at the arrest of Jesus, they're all back together now. and. They travel to Galilee. It says to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. Okay, how did Jesus direct them? Bottom line, we don't know. Was that part of the message that he gave the women? Was it something that he had revealed to them later on? Is this the standard meeting place in Galilee? We don't know. But Jesus had directed them to go here, and they went. Verse 17. When they saw him, they worshipped but some doubted. Now, there's a lot of consternation over this. What does Matthew mean? First off, who is they? Is there just the eleven here? Or is it a bigger group? Because Jesus told the women at the tomb, go tell my brothers to meet me in Galilee. Did he just mean the eleven? Or did he mean all of the disciples who have been following him? And so they saw him referring to the eleven worshipped, but some doubted referring to the others. There's no reason to think there's more than just the eleven here. There's, there's no indication of that. So I think this is referring to some of the eleven doubted. My question here is, doubted what? And what even does doubt mean? Because there's only two places in the New Testament we have this word that gets translated as doubted. Here and back in Matthew 14, verse 31, where Peter got out of the boat to walk on the water and then started to sink. Jesus grabbed his hand and said, You of little faith, why do you doubt? So is doubt the best way to understand this? Is the primary meaning, but it can also mean hesitate. And so, is a better way to understand this, some hesitated. Then why would you hesitate? Because you've got some doubt. And what's the doubt? Doubt that he's resurrected? 
they all came here expecting to meet the resurrected Jesus. And in fact, the other Gospels tell us there was actually a couple of meetings with him still in Jerusalem with the whole group of disciples. So I don't think it's doubt that it's him or doubt that he's resurrected. I suspect it's doubt what to do because it's in opposition to what some of them did. Some of them worship. And I suspect that by doubt, he means they're not sure what to do. They're not sure how to act. Are, are we supposed to worship him? Or are we supposed to high-five him? And, and so I think there's some question here of, and even maybe where do we stand? We ran out on him in his biggest moment of need. We hit the road. So is he still mad at us? And so I think that's the whole idea of this uh, bit of doubt. It's not so much doubt about him, but doubt about them and where they stand and what to do and just the whole situation. What now? And I think verse 18 helps explain it. We just see it in English. It doesn't mean much, but verse 18, Jesus came near and said to them, and then we have the great commission. So we often lose this. Jesus came near and said to them. Now, literally, there are three verbs here. And so more little translation would be, and Jesus came to them, spoke to them, and said. You don't need three verbs for that. And, and I think Matthew uses this intentionally. One, because of the magnitude of what Jesus is saying. This is the final words of Jesus recorded by Matthew. This is the Great Commission. This is his final instructions. I think also it's in relationship to this some doubted. Matthew could have easily just said, and Jesus said, but it's Jesus came to them, spoke to them, and said. So I think it's it's very relational here, and, and the idea of uh, restoring some relational issues, of there's some reassurance. He came to them. He spoke to them, speaking of restoring a broken relationship, and he said, these are the actual words of the Great Commission, which is leaving everything in the past behind. Let's forget your failures and let's look to the future, what I'm calling you to do. Then the rest of this is what we call the Great Commission, what Jesus leaves them to do, the mission. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you, and remember I'm with you always to the end of the age. First thing you notice is there are four times Jesus uses the word all. All authority. All nations. Where he says teaching them to observe everything. So that's the, the words actually are teaching to observe all things. And remember with you all the days to the end of the age. So four times all. So I think this is intentional, that this is just speaking of a ultimate authority, ultimate everlasting mission, encompassing everybody and everything. It says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. This speaks to him being the king. He's talked a lot about the kingdom. And there's been some nuances that he's the king of the kingdom. But here, I think he's saying it pretty blatantly. 
the kingdom of heaven. We always just kind of, well, God's the kingdom of heaven. But we see here, well, God the Father has appointed Jesus as the king. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. The Magi came looking for the king of the Jews. Herod was afraid that there was a king of the Jews. The basis of his execution was being the king of the Jews. The mocking while he was on the cross was about being the king of the Jews. But now we find out he's way more than just the king of the Jews. He is the king of everything, all authority in heaven and on earth. Verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. There are several verbs here. Go, make disciples, baptizing, teaching, to observe. The only finite verb is make disciples. So we've got to understand that's the main verb here. The others, go is a participle, baptizing is a participle, teaching is a participle, to observe is an infinitive. To observe modifies teaching, teaching to observe. And so the main verb here is make disciples. Well, first to understand how to do that, we have to understand what is a disciple. Well, simply it's a follower of Jesus. Somebody who is transformed from being a follower of the world to a follower of Jesus. That involves faith, faith in Jesus Christ, repentance from sin, forgiveness of sin, adoption by God. That's the goal. Now, go is a participle. Baptize and teach are participles, but they are a little different. Go precedes the main verb, where baptize and teach follow the main verb. And there's some nuances there. You can't deny that there's some imperative form here. Imperative is a command. Make disciples is an imperative in its form as a verb. The others have a sense of imperative. Do this. You can't make disciples of all nations unless you go. So go is part of the instrumentality of making disciples. But you don't make disciples necessarily by baptizing them and teaching them. That's kind of what you do with disciples. That's more descriptive of the continuing of discipleship. So there is the command to, to go to all the nations, but the purpose is to make disciples of all nations. Now, all nations, don't think nations the way we understand that. I mean, the, the Greek phrase is panta ta ethne, all the people, essentially, or all the people groups, all the ethnicities. Or point, go to everyone. Everyone except Israel? I think it's pretty global. All people. Go to everyone in the world with the gospel to make disciples of all nations. And you want to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is that act of bringing them into the corporate body, the ecclesia, the church, and teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. This is the basis of understanding how to be a disciple, learning what Jesus has taught us. Not just learning facts, but learning to obey. And then it ends with this promise. Now remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Think back to Matthew one twenty three, the description of Jesus at the birth. He'll be named Emmanuel, God with us. And here's this promise. I will be with you always to the end of the age. 
So this is the end of Matthew's Gospel. The disciples have been brought back together, reconciled with Jesus, and empowered now to take the message forward, take the message of Jesus to the world. We saw so much of the gospel with him preparing them for this, and now he's sending them out with this commission. Now, is this a great commission to be understood as to them only, or to all believers for all time? Well, I think it's for all believers for all time, because these 11 cannot take the gospel to all people on the earth. And so it's an ongoing Great Commission for all followers of Jesus. How do we do that? Well, we live our faith out loud. We show other people what our faith is and give them the hope that they too can have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. This is the end of the Gospel of Matthew. We'll pick it up next time looking at the book of Hebrews. Why Hebrews? Well, Matthew's audience was a Jewish audience, and the letter to the Hebrews is meant to a Jewish audience also. So we'll just take it in that order. So thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we start looking at the letter to the Hebrews.